In this place half an hour afterwards he was found by Gibbs the village cobbler who had been sent for him in some haste he got to his feet with promptitude for he knew that no small matter would have brought Gibbs into such a place at all the cobbler was as in many villages an atheist and his appearance in church was a shade more extraordinary than mad joe's it was a morning of theological enigmas what is it asked wilfred bohen rather stiffly but putting out a trembling hand for his hat the atheist spoke in a tone that coming from him was quite startlingly respectful and even as it were huskily sympathetic you must excuse me sir he said in a hoarse whisper but we didn't think it right not to let you know at once i am afraid a rather dreadful thing has happened sir i am afraid your brother wilfred clenched his frail hands what devilry has he done now he cried in involuntary passion why sir said the cobbler coughing i am afraid he has done nothing and won't do anything i am afraid he has done for you had really better come down sir the curate followed the cobbler down a short winding stair which brought them out at an entrance rather higher than the street bohun saw the tragedy in one glance flat underneath him like a plan in the yard of the smithy were standing five or six men mostly in black one in an inspector's uniform they included the doctor the presbyterian minister and the priest from the roman catholic chapel to which the blacksmith's wife belonged the latter was speaking to her indeed very rapidly in an undertone as she a magnificent woman with red gold hair was sobbing blindly on a bench between these two groups and just clear of the main heap of hammers lay a man in evening dress spread eagled and flat on his face from the height above wilfred could have sworn to every item of his costume and appearance down to the bohun rings upon his fingers but the skull was only a hideous flash like a star of blackness and blood wilfred bohun gave but one glance and ran down the steps into the yard the doctor who was a family physician saluted him but he scarcely took any note he could only stammer out my brother is dead what does it mean what is this horrible mystery there was an unhappy silence and then the cobbler the most outspoken man pressed an answer plenty of horror sir but not much mystery what do you mean asked wilfred with a white face it's plain enough answered gibbs there is only one man for 40 miles round that could have struck such a blow as that and he is the man that had most reason to we must not prejudge anything put in the doctor a tall black bearded man rather nervously but it is competent for me to corroborate what mr gibbs says about the nature of the blow sir it is an incredible blow mr gibbs says that only one man in this district could have done it i should have said myself that nobody could have done it a shudder of superstition went through the slight figure of the curate i can hardly understand he mumbled mr bohun said the doctor in a low voice metaphors literally fail me it is inadequate to say that the skull was smashed to bits like an eggshell fragments of bone were driven into the body and the ground like bullets into a mud wall it was a hand of a giant he was silent a moment looking grimly through his glasses then he added the thing has one advantage that it clears most people of suspicion at one struck if you or i or any normally made person in the country were accused of this crime we should be acquitted as an infant would be acquitted of stealing the nelson column that's what i say repeated the cobbler obstinately there's only one man that could have done it and he is the man that would have done it was simeon barnes the blacksmith 
is over at Greenford. Faltered the curate. More likely over in France, muttered the cobbler. No, he is in neither of those places, said a small and colourless voice which came from the little Roman priest who had joined the group. As a matter of fact, he is coming up the road at this very moment. The little priest was not an interesting man to look at, having stubbly brown hair and round and stolid face. But if he had been as splendid as Apollo, no one would have looked at him at that moment. Everyone turned round and peered at the pathway which wound across the plain below, along which was indeed walking at his own huge stride and with a hammer on his shoulder, Simeon the smith. He was a bonny and gigantic man with deep, dark, sinister eyes and a dark chin beard. He was walking and talking quietly with two other men, and though he was never specially cheerful, he seemed quite at his ease. My God, cried the aesthetic, cried the atheistic cobbler, and there's the hammer he did it with. No, said the inspector, a sensible-looking man with a sandy moustache, speaking for the first time. There's the hammer he did it with, over there by the church wall. We have left it and the body exactly as they are. All glanced round and the short priest went across and looked down in silence to the tool where it lay. It was one of the smallest and the lightest of hammers and would not have caught the eye among the rest, but on the iron edge of it were blood and yellow hair. After a silence, the short priest spoke without looking up and there was a new note in his dull voice. Mr. Gibbs was hardly right, he said, in saying that there is no mystery. There is at least a mystery of why so big a man should attempt so big a blow with so little a hammer. Oh, never mind that, cried Gibson, a fever. What are we to do with Simeon Barnes? Leave him alone, said the priest quietly. He's coming here of himself. I know these two men with him. They're very good fellows from Greenford, and they have come over about the Presbyterian chapel. Even as he spoke, the tall smith swung round the corner of the church and strode into his own yard. Then he stood there quite still, and the hammer fell from his hand. The inspector, who had preserved impenetrable propriety, immediately went up to him. I won't ask you, Mr. Barnes, he said, whether you know anything about what has happened here. You're not bound to say. I hope you don't know and that you will be able to prove it. But I must go through the form of arresting you in the king's name for the murder of Colonel Norman Bohan. You're not bound to say anything, said the cobbler in officious excitement. They've got to prove everything. They haven't proved yet that it is Colonel Bohan with the head all smashed up like that. That won't wash, so the doctor aside to the priest. That's out of detective stories. I was the colonel's medical man, and I knew his body better than he did. He had very fine hands, but quite peculiar ones. The second and third fingers were the same in length. Oh, that's a colonel, right enough. As he glanced at the brained corpse upon the ground, the iron eyes of the motionless blacksmith followed them and rested there also. Is Colonel Bohan dead? said the smith quite calmly. Then he's damned. Don't say anything, oh, don't say anything, cried the Aethus Cobbler, dancing about in an ecstasy of admiration of the English legal system, for no man is such a legalist as a good secularist.